You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, so now, one thing also that you need to understand is this. Don't forget that Moses was telling us the story. Don't forget that. So that must be clear. So listen, Moses is figuratively painting to us a picture of God's redemption right from the one. <laughs> So that you know that what the whole world is about is God's redemption for man. The reason why you have life and you are in this world is to receive his life. That's why we say no Jesus, no life. Because he is the reason for life. That's why he, Jesus, will tell you that a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he has. So in other words, your life is life when you have his life. Not the things of life. Praise God. Is that very clear? So you see, you are going to be seeing right as we go on that everything is captured around his life. Which is his word, which is his image, which is his dominion, which is his light. And the whole Bible is scripted to show us this, because that's the theme of life. Praise God. That's why Jesus in Matthew 24 14 will tell you. That the gospel should go to all the world. And everybody should be a witness of the gospel. Then the end shall what? Come. So every life must witness the life. And receive the life. Before the end comes. If life is all about the things you would have. The marriage you would have. The school you go to. He is telling you from the beginning. That that is not so. So if a man must pursue life, they must pursue Christ. When they receive Christ, they have life. Praise God. So in the beginning, he's showing you exactly what is going to happen. 
so that you know that God pre-planned for man's redemption because that is God's heartbeat. That's why in the whole Bible, you will never see anywhere that God is rejoicing. You would only see him rejoicing when a soul is won. <laughs> That's it. When a soul receives his life, then God rejoices. When you see God also sad, it is because souls are lost. <laughs> You never see anywhere in the Bible that somebody was prospering financially so God was happy. You never see anywhere in the Bible. When Bible talks about he pleasures in the prosperity of his people, he was not just talking about financial. No. No, that's not it. Because the worldly also prospers financially. That's not God's agenda. No. That's not his agenda. Praise God. John 3, 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi. In other words, esteemed teacher. Esteemed teacher. Rabbi. We know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Praise God. So they call Jesus an esteemed word, teacher. Okay? Write it down. Your teaching ministry is as valid as how you can explain the Old Testament. Don't forget that Jesus was not teaching the New Testament. <laughs> Jesus was not teaching the New Testament. Don't forget. He was actually teaching the Old Testament. And as he was teaching the Old Testament, they spoke and said that the way you teach is amazing. And the miracles that follow your teaching speaks to the fact that God is with you. So Jesus was explaining the Old Testament to them. And they called him esteemed teacher. So the difference between Jesus and the rabbis, Pharisees, Sadducees of his day were that they didn't understand the scriptures. They didn't understand the scriptures. That's why and Nicodemus will come to him in the middle of the night. So he would explain stuff to them. Praise God. So note that even Jesus taught the Old Testament. But he taught it in the light of the new. He taught the Old Testament in the light of the new, which is himself. 
So the Old Testament is Jesus in a mystery. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. <laughs> Look at 2 Timothy 4.3. 2 Timothy 4.3. For the time will come and when they will, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Anytime you see sound doctrine, sometimes the word sound doctrine and the word truth are used interchangeably. So you see truth, but it's, it's the same word doctrine. And the reference is Christ being taught. It has to do with the doctrine of Christ. So when you see, listen very carefully, you see the word sound doctrine, what it is talking about, the reference is the doctrine of Christ. So what Paul is saying to Timothy here is this. For the time will come when they will not endure the doctrine of Christ. But according to their own what? Desires. Because they have itching ears. Paul prophesied, right? <laughs> you want to hear your telephone number? You have itching ear. You want to hear your house address? You have itching ears. You, you, you want to see how the business deal is going to go? You have itching ears. You are living in fear. You are not living in trust. <laughs> Anybody who says I'm going to look into my destiny is living in fear. They are not living in trust. Because if you know the faithfulness of God, you are confident about the future. So he said clearly that according to their own desires, because they are fitting ears. And look at what he said. He said, they will heap up for themselves teachers. The word heap up is the word aposorio. Aposorio. In other words, to load yourself with what you want. You load yourself with what you want. To heap up. So, 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 so you understand, they always want to hear something relating to their desires. Seeker-sensitive audience. So they come to yourself and say, Pastor, you didn't call me. Hey, the prophet, you have never called me before. Yeah. And, and they always want their service and everything be, to be centered around their wants. Not about Christ. And so the moment they come to church and what they are looking for, they didn't get. They go somewhere else. Yes. Is the, is the reason why Christians are recycling. Let me tell you what's happening now in our churches. When a particular pastor comes and they say he's powerful, 
you see a group of people go there. At a point in time when they see his power reduces and another person comes and this more powerful, you see that same group. So sometimes you visit this church, you see this usher. In the next two, three years, you go to another church and you see that he's the one that is now top. You see the same people there. As protocol. Itching ears. But that's why from the beginning, you see, that's why Jesus was saying, from the beginning, it was not what? Right from the beginning, the story is a story about redemption. Simple. Who Christ is, what he will do, what he will leave for us. That's it. Every teaching must have faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. In reference, you know already, 2 Timothy 3, 15. Faith in Christ. In other words, when we say faith in Christ, the faithfulness of God. Christ is the faithfulness of what? Why? Because he was promised from Genesis 1. One. And he showed forth. Praise God. <laughs> Faith in Christ, which comes with assurance, correction, instruction in righteousness. Assurance, correction, Instruction in righteousness. Okay? Now, hear this. Separate doctrine from experience. Separate doctrine from experience. Separate doctrine from experience. Very important. Don't use your experience to judge doctrine. And don't use your experience to make or to create a doctrine. As for me, this is the way I feel God. So if you want to feel God, you feel him this way. No. No. God has shown us a way to know him. It's in scripture. Let's go to scripture and let the scripture explain itself so we will know true or false. All right. Is that clear? Separate doctrine from your experience. James 1.25 But anyone I'm reading from TLB but anyone, if anyone keeps looking steadily steadily in God's love for free men, he will not only remember it, but he will do what it says. God will greatly bless him in everything he does. Say amen. So if you keep your focus on doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, and he says you keep studying, 
You keep studying it. You keep studying it. He says you remember it. What it means is that you also receive grace to do it. So if you have a weakness, as you keep studying, by the time you realize, it's gone. He's gone. As you keep your focus on Christ, your focus on Christ, your focus on Christ, your focus moves away from all of those. Are you getting the point? And he says you will do it. And in the end, he said, everything you do is blessed. Because you yourself are a blessing. Oh, praise God. Is that clear? Oh, is that clear? So you see, don't use history. Don't use what? I saw some people doing morning devotion. And their morning devotion, they are reversing exchanges of Satan. The exchanges of Satan. Hey! Why don't you inculcate, inculcate the exchange of Christ? Why don't you tell them, we're going to receive the exchange of Christ? What Christ has given us, we receive it. Why the exchanges of Satan? Reverse. So what did Christ do? Tell me, what, what did Christ do? All right. What did Christ do? All right, so let's look at Genesis 1, 11 to 12. We're going to look at what scripture says. We will not use history. They tell you that you are suffering from generational cases. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the Europeans whose parents and grandparents dealt in occult. I don't know how they became free and we became bound. <laughs> Genesis 1, 1 to 11. The law of Genesis. Please don't forget about the story of redemption. Yeah? Okay. So we are still in Genesis 1. Now we've moved to 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb that yields seed. The fruit. Tree. That yields fruit. Now the key word is. According to its kind. Whose seed. Is in itself. On the earth. And it was so. Praise God. So the word is. After its kind. Zera species. After its kind. So, everything gave birth, everything that God gave life, gave birth according to its kind. Please note this very carefully. So, that's the principle. Because the seed is in itself. So, it gives birth according to its kind. It produces according to its kind. So, what it means is that man will also give birth according to its kind. (laughs) 
It also means that if man came from God, then man must also show forth according to God's kind. Oof! Are you getting the boy? Is that very clear? Twenty-one, Genesis one twenty-one. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind. Did you see that repeated there? According to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Praise God. So they give birth according to their kind. Beautiful. 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. Cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind. Cattle according to its kind. And everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. God saw that it was good. So, giving birth according to its kind is from God and it is good. Things giving birth according to their kind. It's from God, and it is good. And so you must understand that all these things that God made from the beginning were good. So everything that God created, in it has a nature of goodness. Oh, are you here? But they are particular species for which purpose they serve give birth according to their what? Praise God. Do you understand the point? So if it is fish, the species of fish give birth according to their if they are heads those species of herbs give birth according to their... Is that clear? Okay. And it is good. So let's go to man. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So you see the principle now. So different species... Man is going to be categorized in the species of the God class. <laughs> Praise God. So, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So, God is making a categorical statement that he wants man to be in the species of the God class. 
That is his intent and that is his desire. Amazing. David will say, who is man? That you are so mindful of him. <laughs> Let them have dominion over all other species. Correct? Oh, correct? Yes. Birds of the air, cattle, all creeping things. Don't forget that he's already mentioned all of these things from 21 to 25. Clear. So he's saying that all the things that you see created before, man is going to be in another class. Just like God. Praise God. To have dominion. 27. So God created man in his own image. The image of God. He created him. Male and female. He created them. Praise God. So this is established. Now, not this. That Genesis 1, 26 to 27 is promissory. Is promissory. It is not something that, listen very carefully, just happened. It is something that is showing God's intent. Because man was the only species that was giving their will. So man would have to choose to live according to the God kind or according to themselves, if they so will. Are you here with me? Hey, did all of you understand that? As you come again. So, this is promissory. God created man with the, an intent. Just like all species give birth according to their kind, man would be in the God kind. Hello? But man is the only species that has a will. So man would have to choose whether they want to be in the God kind or they want to be their self. <laughs> so here, don't forget that Moses is telling us a story. Don't forget it. Uh-huh. So Moses is emphatically making us understand what the will of God for man was. That as for God, he created man to live in the God kind. In the God class. It is man by his choice that took himself from there. But as for God, this is what he did. Oh, are you getting it? So man was wired with everything to be like God. Just by choice. He only 
he presses the button of choice and he lives in the God class. Praise God. Let me jump to Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. Hello? So, this is a promise God made or God gave man when man fell. The promise of the Christ. The seed of the woman. The promise of our redemption. So, in the woman's mind, if you read Genesis 4.25, he says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. So the woman was looking forward to the seed in every child she bare. And that's one of the things that also every Christian has to watch. Assumption. Very key. Don't interpret scripture by assumptions. Don't interpret scripture by assumptions. I assume. Check the facts. Don't assume. It leads to false doctrine. Sometimes something will just hit your head and it looks very true and good. And you say, oh, Charlie, I have a revelation, please. Yeah. Go search and make sure you scrutinize it. Put it in the box. Shake it. And if it stands, if it collapses, let it collapse. I know what I'm talking about, and I know most of you go through it. Where you think you found revelation, and then you put it in the box, and then it collapses, but you still want to force it because of your pride. Very important. So, this scripture tells us that something happened that affected what God wants to do because of man's choice. Claire? Oh, Claire? Look at how Paul connected to Genesis 1, 11 and 12. In 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 49. This is very crucial. Let's already go. No, let's do the 1, 11, 12 first. And then we can do the 35 to 14, 49. Let's go. Then God said, mm-hmm. Let the head bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit that yields fruit. So fruit tree yields what? Is that not it? Okay, according to whose seed? So because the seed is in itself, fruit tree yields what? Fruit. Thank you very much. And it was what? 
So you see that all the others were so. But there was enmity when it came to man. Clear. So with man's own, where man has to be in the God class, something happened. With the trees, it became so, right? Oh, with the fishes, it became so, right? They all get back to their... So when it came to man, Bible said, God had to come in to redeem. I will put enmity between your seed. <laughs> so someone came in the middle. Oh, are you getting the point? So there need to be redemption. So that man will come back to the God kind and God class. That's why God created. Not God will create. Because when God does something, it stands. <laughs> so, look at 1 Corinthians 15. Let's go. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So you remember when Jesus said it? When he was going to sow his body. Unless a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. It abides alone. Hello. So he was talking about his dead burial and so that the, you and I will what? Praise God. So that we'll come back to the God class. Watch it. But God gives it the body as he pleases. And to each seed, its own body. Hello. To each seed, its own body. Its seed is in it itself. Don't forget it. So if it is the seed of a fish, it will have its body. If it is the seed of a fruit, it will have its body. If it is the seed of God, it will have its body. Ah, are you getting it? Let's continue. That's why he says, all flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals. You see it? So he's giving you the distinction because of their seed in themselves, they carry their own specific body depending on their species. Another of birds. Continue. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one. And the glory of the terrestrial is another. Praise God. So which species you belong, you also carry its body. If you are a species of God, you shall carry the body of God. Continue. There is one glory of the sun, 
another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. Why? Because man decided by his will to carry the species of self. <laughs> so that body, because it is immortality, corrupts. Because that is the species it decided to carry. But that is not its frame. And therefore, it will shed it off. Oh, praise God. So it is raised is incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in what? Because it carries something that didn't belong to it. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Praise God. Let's continue to 49. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is what? A spiritual body. Praise God. Continue, continue. And so it is. He's now going to give you exactly what it is. Now everybody get it clear. He's not, this is the summary of it. Go. The first man, Adam, became what? A living being. You see the difference? The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Adam chose to be a living being. Christ chose to be a life-giving spirit. And so anybody that takes on by will, his species becomes a life-giving spirit. Do you know who you are? Now, look at what he says. The first man was of the earth made of dust. But what happened? The second man is the Lord from heaven. Was he also not given birth by man? But when he said, not my will, but your will be done, he handed it over. And took on the species of the Lord of heaven. He went into the, <laughs> on the cross, went into the grave, rose as the high priest of heaven. And from there, he sat. From that day, he is the resurrected model of man. The resurrected man. Come on. Anybody that identifies with him, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit lives in him, and that same spirit will quicken his mortal body. Romans 8, 11. As was the man of dust, so also are those <laughs> who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Come on. This, <laughs> this is not cheap. He made it cheap, but it's not cheap. 
you bear the image of the heavenly man. So you see that he's quoting Genesis. Man created in the image of God. Created he, him. Male and female. So man is not male and female. Man carries the body of male and female in corruption. But he carries immortality as the life-giving spirit from the heavenly man. Are you here with me? That's why Paul says in Christ, there is no Jew. There's no Gentile. There's no male. There's no female. There's no master. There's no servant. We are one. In the house, the husband is the head. But in the spirit, there's no husband, there's no wife. There's no male spirit. <laughs> and there's no female spirit. <laughs> Tell the next person, study the word of God. Oh, please say it like you mean it. Study the word of God. Look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 4 to 10. For every creature of God is good. Did you hear that? Did you hear Timothy? Quoting Genesis. Because man was created in God's nature. So every creature has that nature of God's word. Goodness. And nothing is to be refused. If it is received with what? Thanksgiving. You are going to see something that will blow your mind. Not in this verse. I'll show you so. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ. So as a pastor, you must make sure that you don't start creating boundaries of what people must eat, what they must not eat, what they must wear, what they must not wear. All of those things, ah, it's not gospel. Say, so, oh, if you wear trousers, you won't give birth. Look at what he says. He says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Please, that's what I always tell you, that be careful what you eat, not what you eat in the flesh, where you are feeding. Don't feed from here and then go and feed on all kinds of, of things that will get you confused. You see what he told Timothy? You carefully what? Follow. Carefully follow. Carefully. Continue. Go. But reject what? Profane and what? <laughs> When you begin to hear that you have a door and a wall and there are people standing at the door, there are people who are doors, there are people who are, it's old wife fable. They are motivational speeches. 
The profane there is not that you are speaking profane. That's not what he means. What he's talking about, he's talking about when you are not teaching the gospel, it is profane. It is profanity. You are saying things that you don't have to what? Say. That's what he's telling you. That's why he will come and say, and exercise yourself towards what? What is godliness? Teaching Christ and living Christ. Praise God. For bodily exercise profits a little. You see? You see? So it's not how muscular you are. No. But godliness is profitable for all things. Listen, I keep telling you, listen, one word, one word of the spirit in your spirit in the crucial moment will save your life. If you are going to arm yourself, arm yourself with prayer and the word. And when the enemy strikes, you draw it. And you speak from your spirit. That's why he says, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Praise God. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all what? Say acceptance. Let's continue. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Praise God. So God is not saved by rituals and by things that men look to. He's saved by sound doctrine. The Christ, who is the savior of all men, so that we can live his life on earth, which is worthy of all acceptance. So in other words, there are things that we think we have to accept that don't matter. That which is worthy of all acceptance, that is from Genesis, is that the nature of God is in, God's goodness is in all creation. And in that he has made man special by his life. And when men receive him, he's the savior of them all. Simple. Simple. Don't add things that he has not asked you to. You shall be saved. But you have to stop doing this. The moment you do that, you are no more saved. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach 
Why? Because we do what? So what is it based on? Trust. Trust. Believe. Somebody say believe. Say believe. So, now let's go and see what happened. To man. Genesis 2.15. Genesis 2.15 to 17. Something is going to blow your mind here. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. To tend. The word tend is the same word cultivate. Is the same word cultivate. In the Hebrew is the word la beda. L a b a d a h lebeda to cultivate it it means to labor work do work it also means to work for another look at the word carefully to serve another by labor to serve a subject. To serve God. Five. To serve with Levitical service. Hmm. And then the word. To keep. To cultivate. To labor on God's behalf. To serve God. And to keep it. Listen, for most of us, the word keep it, we think that to have it. To have it. So when you said, he said dress it and what? Keep it. Our explanation or interpretation is that he says you cultivate it and then and keep it for yourself. No, that's not it. Number one, the word means to labor for him, to serve him. Cultivate there means to serve. Working for him. Working with him in mind. Are you getting the point? Let's go to the next. To keep is Yule Samera. Yule Samera. It means to observe. So you see, the keep there is not to have something, but to observe. I actually realized that for wherever this word is used, it is used interchangeably as obey. So, so, so to serve him and to Obey him. Are you here with me? So he put man in the garden for man to serve him and for man to what? Obey, observe. And I realized that that word is used 
Anytime they are talking about keeping his commandments. So what? Look at it in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 5 verse 10. Look at the NLT. Go. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and what? The word obey is the same word. Ule Samara. Look at what the NIV. The NIV says it. Go. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and what? Keep my commandments. So you see the word obey and keep are used interchangeably. Look at, look at Deuteronomy 7.9. Once again, the NLT and then the NIV. Go. Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love to those who love him and obey. Ule Samara. Okay? Look at the NIV. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God keeping his commandment and covenant to love of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and what? Keep his commandment. Hello? Oh, hello? Is, is it very clear now? Is it clear? So now, let's go back to Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to serve him and to observe his commands. Now, look at the 60. It will make you understand it better. Look at the 60. Does it make sense now? And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So you see, the fifteen actually told man how he can serve God in the garden and obey him. Do you understand it now? That if man will choose to eat of the tree of life and not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he will be able to cultivate and obey God. Ah, is that very clear? So that the moment he actually does not eat of the tree of life and eats, he would disobey. And therefore, he will not be able to serve God in the garden. Is, is it clearly understood? Do you understand it? So you see, God was very clear. So you see how Moses was painting the picture. So Moses said, God told them categorically how they can serve him, obey him, and live in the place of his delight. That's the Eden. Eden is the place of God's delight. Do you understand the point? 
Yes. And then he showed them the way. Don't eat. Don't believe yourself. Believe in me. The tree of life. Are you getting the point? Yes. And you would enjoy me in delight. You will live like me. Are you getting the point? Yes. We'll continue next week. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.